All right, Ephesians chapter 5, let's open up the Word of God, and then we're going to pray and let's dig in. Hey, you know what? I titled the message this morning, Bringing Heaven Home. And you know what? We really need to bring the Lord into our houses. Can I get an amen to that? He needs to be the priority and the, the reason that we live and move and breathe, not on, just on Sunday mornings and on Thursday nights, but every single day. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, we praise you, we love you. We ask now as we go to your word that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher. Lord, we want the word of God, not the words of man. Lord, give us ears to hear what you would say to us. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, So by way of quick review, oh, by the way, if you need a Bible, raise your hand. If you don't have one, you need one. Read the book, don't wait for the movie, amen? So get 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 a Bible. There are outlines on the back table. If you did not get an outline, uh, it will help you as we go through the text this morning. All right, so by way of quick review, because, you know, if you take a text out of context, all you got left is a con, amen? So I want to make sure we understand what we're looking at this morning. So Paul writes this letter to the church in Ephesus. Ephesus is very wealthy, uh, filled with a lot of sexual immorality. And in the midst of that, there's a church, the church that is there in Ephesus that was planted by Paul had been allowing the world to impact the church. And we see the same thing in the world today. So the first three chapters of Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus, he reminds them of who they are in Christ. And virtually all the letters are the same. They begin with what we believe, and then they finish with how we should behave. So in light of what the doctrine teaches us, what is the duty? How do we respond? So the first three chapters, we saw our riches in Christ. We saw who we were before we know the Lord, but God, it says, but God was a key verse in chapter 2. And then we get to chapter 4 on, after we heard, we were reminded of who we are in Christ, where our riches are. It was a wealthy city, but our riches are not in the stuff that's all going to burn. Can I get an amen to that? It's all, you know, the things that matter are the things that are going to outlast this life. And so when we get to the second half, he again goes from our position in Christ to how we practice as Christians. And again, by the way, a quick review just to bring you up from chapter 4. First, we saw in the world, but not of it. Guys, we live in this world. We're not supposed to be like the world. We're new creations in Christ. We're born again. We're going to heaven. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. And we should be radically different than the world. We should no longer walk like the world. We walk in newness of life. And we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. We then saw at the beginning of chapter 5, we're called to imitate our Heavenly Father. Most of us imitate or follow someone else's example. And the only example we should follow is the Lord's. Amen? And as we walk, it, like our Father, we are to walk in love. We talked about agape love. If you were not here, the CDs are on the back table. You can go to our website. We all, not only do we walk in love, agape, selfless love, but we are called to walk in purity. Now again, we know we're saved by grace, not of works, as any man should boast. But when we've truly been saved, it ought to change the way that we live. So we don't do good works so we'll be saved, but we should have good works come from our lives because we've been saved. Amen? Now, after walking in love and walking in purity, last week we talked about walking as children of light. In last week's text, he told it, said, come out of darkness. We are the darkness. We were walking in darkness. We were spiritually blind. Our lives didn't make sense. Our lives really had no real meaning. We did not have a relationship with the Lord. And that's the world around us. Now, we're not better than people around us. We're just one beggar leading another beggar to the bread. But when you walk in the dark, you don't understand anything. 
And the truth is that, you know, if you walk in, in dark, you bang into things, you don't know where you're going, and boy, they flip on a light and it illuminates everything. And we, we saw in the text last week that we're called to be light. And you know what, though? At the same time, if you bring a bright light into a dark room, not, most people don't like that. They want you to turn the light off. And guys, we're called to be salt and light to a lost and a dying world. So that brings us to this morning's text. So if we've been awoken from our sleep, we've been risen from the dead, we're called to be halogen lights. So how do we practically, how do we put that into practice? We have a different view of the world than the world does. We see things from a different perspective. Um, Boy, you talk to people about the Lord that don't know the Lord and things that seem so simple to us are so difficult for them. So then I titled the message, grab your outline if you have it, Bringing Heaven Home. What a spirit-filled, Jesus-loving home should look like. What should a spirit-filled, Jesus-loving home look like? First, we'll see we bring heaven home by having a heart of worship and thanksgiving. This is backing up into the last couple verses of last week. We'll talk about that. Guys, do we have a lot to be thankful for? What's the answer? If we lost everything that we could lose in this life, we would still have more to praise the Lord for than we could praise Him for for the rest of our lives. Amen? We're going to heaven. Heaven's better, by the way. Can I get an amen? We're new creations in Christ. Our sins are forgiven. We've been blessed, chosen, adopted, accepted, redeemed, and forgiven. Praise the Lord for that. And you know what? A godly home ought to be a thankful home. Amen? We have so much to be thankful for. Complaining is not Christ-like. Can I get an amen to that? Godliness with contentment is great gain. Secondly, by having a heart of submission. We're going to see the divine order in the church. And this is a word that a lot of people have tried to turn into a bad word. When I do a wedding, I will say, the Bible says, wives, submit to your own husbands. And you'll hear half the place groan. Submit. I've had people tell me, if you say obey in thy vows, I'm not saying I do to that. And I say, you better get another pastor then, because that's biblical. Can I get an amen to that? But we're going to talk about what submission really is, and it's not a bad word. And submission, when somebody submits to somebody else, it doesn't make that person of less value or less intelligence. God's got a divine order that he created so that the home would operate properly. Let me ask you, here's a perfect uh, illustration. Is Jesus submitted to the Father? What's the answer? Is Jesus less valuable than the Father? What's the answer? Absolutely not. But that divine order is in place for a reason. And we're going to see that that's true in the home. And mainly talks about wives submitting to their husbands. By the way, a lot of guys' favorite verse in the Bible is Ephesians 5.22. But guys, we've got to read the rest of the chapter. Can I get an amen? Not only having a heart of submission, but having a heart of love. The Bible not only says, wives, submit to your own husbands as unto the Lord, but it says, husbands, see that you love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. I have found if a man loves his wife to the point of being willing to die for her, it's easy for her to submit to him. Can I get an amen to that? So let's begin there looking at bringing heaven home, what a spirit-filled, Jesus-loving home should look like. We're going to back up and look at verses 19 and 20 and then move forward in the text. Let's begin there in verse 19. She told them, and do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me just say, last week, I'll repeat it, we should never be under the influence of anything other than the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen to that? 
No drugs, no alcohol, nothing else. You know, it's dumbs down conviction. It's liquid stupidity. Can I get an amen to that? And the reality is that it dumbs down our ability to make good decisions. So again, if you have a glass of wine with dinner with your wife, that's between you and the Lord, you know when it starts to impact you, and that should not happen. Can I get an amen? So be not drunk with wine, so you're walking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Verse 19 says there, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. You know what? It's so rare and it's so sad, but once in a while, I'll be somewhere and someone is just singing a praise song. I'll be in the grocery store and once in a while, I'll hear someone. And you know what it does when you hear someone else worshiping the Lord? It makes you want to worship too. Can I get an amen to that? My wife's a song stealer. I'll be singing a praise song. She'll start singing with me. But I'll do the same thing with her. And you know what? That's what a Christian home should be like. I love that my wife, you know, my wife makes my house a home. And one of the things that's almost always 24 hours a day, seven days a week playing in my house, one of the only good things about Amazon, can I get an amen, is she'll she'll have Christian music playing in our house all the time. And you come in from a long day of work and maybe you're, you're, you're angry or something happened and you walk in and you enter into to where God is being glorified, where you hear praise music being, being sung. And doesn't it take your eyes away from that and get your eyes back on the Lord where they belong? Can I get an amen to that? And as believers, worship shouldn't be something that we have to do. It should be something that we get to do and is a natural outpouring of recognizing who we are in Christ. Amen? When we recognize who we are in Him, the natural response should be to worship Him. By the way, worship is one of the only things we do on earth that we're going to do in heaven. Amen? Not going to witness to anybody in heaven. They're all saved. No Bible studies in heaven. We got the word right there. We're already born again. Can I get an amen to that? But we will worship. And if you don't like worship, I don't know if you're going to like heaven. Can I get an amen to that? No, heaven's better. And worship's amazing. We're going to see our Savior face to face. So first thing we see there again is having a heart of worship, but not just a heart of worship. Look at verse 20. Giving thanks always for all the things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We live in a world today that focuses, tries to make you focus on what you don't have. Can I get an amen to that? Every commercial is, you need this, you need this, you need this, you don't have this. How do you not have this? Here's a new thing. You got to have this. You got to have the newest version of this. And it's gets our focus and we get in our flesh on what we don't have. Guys, we have a lot to be thankful for by what we already have. Can I get an amen to that? We have so much to be thankful for. Most importantly, our relationship with the Lord. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. We have the promise of eternal life. The Lord will never leave us nor forsake us. But even the simple things that we have, it all belongs to the Lord. You live in God's house, you're driving God's car, you're wearing God's clothes, and that's God's money in your bank account. Can I get an amen to that? And because of that, we should be thankful for what we have. And as believers, I can think of nothing sadder than for us to not portray the the blessings that we have in the Lord and not to walk in the joy of the Lord, which is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The world moans and complains Christians should not. Amen? Now, I'm, I'm being real tra- let me be real transparent with you, because that's not always been the case in my life. I've shared this with you guys once or twice before. In eighth grade, they had a hall of fame in my school, right? You know how they do at the end of the year, the yearbook? You know, best athlete, best smile, most humorous, that kind of thing. 
And I got called into my class that I had won one of these awards to go down and get my picture taken. So I thought, well, it's got to be humorous or athletic, one of the two, right? And I get down there, I won biggest complainer. It's in my eighth grade yearbook. There's a picture of me pointing a finger at a girl. She got biggest complainer. I got biggest complainer. And then I complained that I got biggest complainer. (laughs) Praise God for his grace. Amen. Because that should not be evident in our life. Amen. How many of you guys have complained in the last month about anything? Okay. Me too. But here's the reality. We need to be thankful for what we have and who we are in Christ. Amen. I'm so thankful for what we have in Christ. And this is evident in, a, in a, a spirit-filled home and in a spirit-filled life that we sing songs of praise to the Lord and we're thankful for what he's given us. Next point there, point number two, in bringing heaven home. What does a spirit-filled home look like? By having a heart of submission. Look what it says in verse 21. Submitting to one another in the fear of God or the fear of the Lord. Now, what's interesting is that everybody... It's called to submit to somebody. Can I get an amen to that? Are we called to submit to the police department? What's the answer? So when they pull you over because you're driving faster than you should have been, you submit to him. Now you can choose not to submit to him, and there's they've got a place reserved for people like that. It's called jail. Amen? We're called to submit to the authorities that God has placed over us, Romans 13 says. We're called to submit to our boss at work. If we do not submit to your boss at work, you're fired. Amen? So submission is something that everybody has in their life. But as believers, we should look at it different. We shouldn't see submission as something, you know, you see bumper stickers that say question authority. The Bible tells us to submit to authority. Now, there is a time when we don't submit to authority. And when is that? When they tell us to act contrary to the word of God. Amen? If they ever say it's against the law to teach the Bible, I'm going to break the law. Amen? And we honor those in authority over us until they tell us and command us to do something contrary to what the word of God has commanded. But it's important to note that we all have areas where we need to submit. Amen? The Bible even tells us to pray for those that have authority over us. Pray for those in our government. Does our government need some prayer? California, hello, amen. People need Jesus. By the way, everybody keeps leaving California. We need some Christians to stay here. We need some salt and light in this place. Can I get an amen to that? We need to stay here. I, I never say I'm never leaving because I said that in Santa Cruz and God had another plan, but I will say this. God's going to have to write it on the wall because my heart is to stay here and reach this community for the kingdom of God, amen. These people need Jesus, and you know what? God called us here for a reason. You know, the, the lieutenant might not be smarter than the sergeant, but the sergeant submits to the lieutenant. Why? Because without that, it's disorder. Without that, you lose the war. The pilot and the co-pilot, the co-pilot has to submit to the pilot. Even though the co-pilot could probably fly the, fly the plane on his own, there's, a, there's order for a reason, and God is a God of order. Amen? You know, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is not the author of confusion. And when you see confusion in a home, or you see chaos or confusion in a church, or you see it anywhere else, we know that that is outside of God's will, because our God is a God of divine order. Amen? And so it's important that we understand what it means to submit. A Christian is to be, 
Not to be thoughtless, but to think of others. That's part of submission, submitting to one another. A Christian is not to be all about himself, but focus on others. A Christian must never be self-seeking. We must understand that we're all on the same team. We all desire the same thing. We submit not because we fear men, but because we love the Lord and we have reverence for him. Amen? I don't submit to my boss because I'm afraid of him. I submit to my boss because the Lord has called me to. Most of you know I've been in the same company for 32 years. I got a new boss about seven, eight months ago. And when I got my new boss, he called me up to introduce himself. We'd seen each other in meetings in the past. And when he called me, I happened to be driving in my car. And my wife and my, uh, one of my sons and my brother was in the car with me. It was, a, it was actually a day off. I was heading out of town. But he called me to welcome me to his team. And here's what I said to him. And I meant it with my whole heart. I said, Todd... Let me, let me tell you a little bit about myself. First and foremost, above everything else, I'm a born-again Christian, and my relationship with the Lord comes before everything else. But you know what that means? That I'm called to submit to you as my boss. And my heart is, I want to do my job as unto the Lord, and if I do my job in a way that honors the Lord, I will be a blessing to you. And I will be a blessing to our customers, and I will be a blessing to our company. And you know what? I'm giving you the authority to tell me if I ever act outside of God's will, if you think I'm acting in a way that doesn't glorify the Lord, I'm giving you permission to call me out. I'm actually encouraging you to call me out. And I promise you, I'll always have a good attitude. I will work as hard or harder than anybody in the building. If you ever need anybody to pick on in a meeting, you can pick on me. I want to honor God. And my prayer is, as I honor God, that again, I will be a blessing to you. About two months ago, after a meeting, he came and told me, he pulled me aside. He said, Dave, I, and again, I don't want to be the hero of every story, but he just said, Dave, you know what? I've seen how God's been work, how, how you respond to things, and I know it's the Lord, and you know what? It, it, it pierced my heart, and I took my family back to church after not being in church for several years. Guys, when we submit to authority, God is glorified. And God has called us. Now, I shared this with my wife yesterday. I've been a pastor 32 years, but it was kind of an enlightenment to her. I said, you know, if we have a heart to serve others, it doesn't matter if the other person ever texts us back, calls us back, appreciates us, or has any way of responding to what we've done for them, because we don't do things so people will respond. We do things so God will be glorified. We don't do anything so people... So if you get frustrated with somebody, by the way, the church is filled with people who are hurting, broken, uh, sinful, and we're a part of it. Can I get an amen to that? And so when we minister to others, when we have agape love, when we're submitted to the Lord, when we submit to those in authority over us, we want to be a reflection of our Savior. The word fear of God there describes how we, what should be our motive for submitting to one another. Verse 22, husbands are all perking up in their seats. Don't worry, we're getting to you later. There's more verses about guys. We're thicker than our wives are. Can I get an amen to that? It says in verse 22, so how do we submit? How do we bring heaven home in our marriages? Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. I love that even in the Bible, the ladies are first. Can I get an amen to that? But this verse and others like it have caused some people to label the Bible as chauvinistic. You know, how dare you tell me to submit to my husband? They say it's demeaning to women. Wives are called to submit to their husbands, not because you're inferior, not because you're less, inte- less intelligent. I know that for a fact, because I know most of the guys in this room. <laughs> not that you're less important. That's not the case at all. But because God's divine order within the home needs to be fulfilled, and this is the way God created it. 
The word submit there means to recognize that someone has legitimate authority over your life. Now, it's interesting as you read there, it says, as to the Lord. And this is a verse that I've had to redefine for a lot of guys when I'm doing marriage counseling. Because they think that it means that their wife should treat them like they are the Lord. No! Your husband is not the Lord or close. Can I get an amen to that? You already know that. I didn't have to tell you that. But here's what it does mean. It doesn't mean that uh, husbands might want to portray portray themselves as if they're God themselves. No matter what he says or does or demands, she must submit. I've had people in counseling say to me, I tell her to sit down, shut up, and submit. I'm like, how's that working out? That's not a Christ-like heart. Can I get an amen to that? That's not what it means when it means to submit. It's not what it means. As to the Lord does not mean, as some wives might want to portray it, as long as he does exactly what the Lord wants. Because that means you'll never have to submit to him. Amen? Well, I would submit to my husband, but I know he gets angry sometimes, so I'm out. I would submit to my husband, but he didn't take out the trash on Friday, so I'm out. And there's this mentality, so there's two extremes, that the husband may demand to be submitted to like he is the Lord, or the woman may say, I only submit to him as he acts like the Lord, as long as he's perfect in his walk with the Lord. Again, it leaves the wife to decide if, she, if he's doing what the Lord wants, submitting only when you agree isn't submission. You know when it's submission? When you don't agree and you do it anyway. Can I get an amen to that? It's not submission. It's easy to walk in the same direction with somebody. It's when that person turns and goes in another direction and calls you to come with them, and it wasn't the direction you wanted to go. That's when it becomes submission. So what does this submission mean in the life of a believer? Again, as to the Lord, again, it's not the extent of her submission, but it's the motivation. You know what? When you submit to your husband, you're really submitting to the Lord. When you submit to your husband, even when you don't agree with him necessarily, you're honoring the Lord by doing that. You should see that as an act of worship, as an act of praise, as an act of of obedience to Almighty God by submitting to your husband. So it's the motivation for it. So it means, wives, submit to your husbands as an expression of your submission to the Lord. The primary motivation for submission, again, is your love for God. So as the Lord means, a wife's submission to her husband is a part of your Christian walk. It's a reflection of your Christian walk. If you don't submit to your husband, it's a sign that there's a spiritual problem. When a wife doesn't obey this word to submit to her husband, she isn't only falling short as a wife, she is following short as a follower of Jesus Christ. Women are going, oh man, this is rough. It was raining out, we almost didn't come. Verse 3. I don't want to act that way. It's out of my nature. Guess what? We need to die to ourselves. Can I get an amen to that? My boss asked me to do stuff I don't always agree with, but I do it with a smile on my face because I'm doing it for the Lord. It's a different way to live. It sets us apart from the culture. Now, by the way, Islam believes in submission, but it's not biblical. Can I get an amen to that? Have you noticed where God is glorified, women have the greatest amount of freedom and the greatest amount of of uh, laws standing behind them. Can I get an amen to that? And when you go to nations where is, the wife's walking 50 steps behind them, covered in head to toe with a slit for her eyes to see out, that's not biblical submission. Can I get an amen to that? That's not what it means. But in our culture today, 
The word submit is almost a bad word, but I want to encourage you that as believers, we should live different. It means that a woman should take care in how she chooses her husband. Uh, I say this in marriage counseling. Is this the guy that you want to have lead you for the next 50 years? Has he proven worthy of that? Does he love you, serve you, and lay down his life for you? We're going to get to the guys in a minute. Will he protect you, provide for you? Does he love you unconditionally? You know what? If he's that man, he'll be an easy man to submit to and walk with in marriage. If he's not that man, you should run away from him quickly. And too often, we see people thinking that when we get married, it'll all get fixed. Again, don't look just for a man who's attractive outwardly. Look for a man who loves Jesus as much as you do or more. Amen? You want someone who's on fire for God's soul. See, this message isn't just for people who are already, who are already married. If you're here and you're single, this message is for you too because it should help you in, when you're looking for a spouse. Again, if you want to please Jesus, if you want to honor him, then submit to your own husband as unto the Lord. So wives submitting to their husbands out of love for the Lord is bringing heaven home. Verse 23 and 24. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Paul gives two more reasons wives should submit to their husbands. Number one, the husband is the head of the wife. Now the word head there means he has responsibility to lead. Now the responsibility to lead, just like a general in the army, comes with great responsibility. He doesn't just lead and get to be irresponsible. When you're called to lead, you're going to be accountable for what happens to all those who follow you. Can I get an amen to that? And we're going to see when we get to the men's verses, your wife is a reflection of how you're leading. Amen? And we're going to see that leading, first and foremost, is being a servant. So the man is the head wife. Uh, Men were created first, and the woman was made out of a man to be a helper to him. The woman is a compliment to a man. I mean, I know it was destroyed in a movie, but my wife really does complete me. Because apart from... You know, in, in Genesis, when, he, when, when creation took place, he would, you know, heavens and stars were created, and it was good. And the animals were created, and it was good. And he separated them, and then he gets to man, and man was created. But it was not good for man to be alone. And I love that when woman was created, she was taken out of man. And as I say in every wedding I do, she wasn't taken out of his foot that he might tread upon her. She wasn't taken out of his head that he might tread, she might tread upon him. But she was taken out of his rib that she might always be near and dear to his heart. Amen? And so when you look at your wife, guys, you should look at the, the most precious and valuable gift that God ever gave you outside of salvation. Can I get an amen to that? And you should treat her as such. And you know what? Wives, you submit to that man because God's put him in that place of authority. And I know that it's not always easy. And sometimes he's going to be a knucklehead. Can I get an amen to that? But you know what submission is? Submission is coming alongside him and encouraging him instead of destroying him. Amen? Pastor Don McClure, my pastor in San Jose, used the illustration. He said, you know, a couple gets stranded on the side of the road, and the guy sees a gas station far off, but the, the road curves way around, and he decides they should walk through this muddy, uh, this really muddy uh, field to get there. 
And he said, you know, if he starts walking, his wife to get, you know, they're getting, and now it's at two inches deep. If she starts ripping on him, you're an idiot. See, look at the mud. Look, we got mud all over our shoes. You know what that guy's going to do? Keep walking. Amen? Because when men are, are challenged and, and undermined, they will often continue to go in the wrong direction because they're stubborn. Amen? But if the wife says, hey, babe, whatever you think. Oh, you want to go this way? Okay. You know what? It gives him the ability to say, you know what? This was a bad idea. Let's go back. And without the bunch of I told you so's following soon after. Amen? And the reality is that submission just means that as much as he is to lead you and love you and serve you and be willing to die for you and protect you and care for you, you are his greatest source of encouragement. You're the one that says, hey, babe, we're, we're in this together. When we go through difficulties, I say this also in weddings, when you're married, your joys are doubled because you share them together. And when you're married, your burdens are halved because you carry them together. Amen? And that's how marriage should be. And so a wife submitting to her husband should be a place of safety, not a place of abuse. Can I get an amen to that? It's not sit down, shut up, and submit woman. That's not, no way. Amen? You don't treat her like that. By the way, the only words that ever come out of your mouth towards your wife should be praise. Can I get an amen to that? You don't tear her down, you lift her up. There might be times where the pilot has to make a decision the co-pilot doesn't agree with, but you know what that pilot does? He still gets the co-pilot's opinion. Can I get an amen to that? And so when, I'm at, when we have to make a decision and it's being made, and my wife and I have moved several times, and she doesn't like to move. But... God bless her. I'll come home and say, babe, I really feel like God's telling us this is what we're supposed to do. Well, babe, I'd rather, I, I get her advice. What do you think? Oh, I'd rather stay here. I don't like to move. I like our house. I like our neighborhood. I like our friends. Yeah, but babe, if God's calling us, you're right, if God's calling us, all right, where do we get boxes? I mean, that's what she does. And we go get boxes and we start packing and we move. But you know what? I want her to be with me, not fighting against me. Amen? And you want a husband who's going to lead you and love you and serve you, but also one who values your opinion. My wife is a lot better at a lot of things than I am, and I want her advice. Amen? So we don't rule with an iron fist. We're not self-righteous. We're not arrogant. But we're, we're called to be responsible. Amen? The husband is the head. Now, it's a picture of Christ in the church. So we're the church. Does Christ love the church? Isn't it easy for us to submit to Christ? Can I get an amen to that? He died for me. I'm in. Amen? I'm following you. I know you love me. You love me so much you'd rather die than live without me. I, can fo- I will follow you forever. Well, guys, if we will do the same, we're not going to be perfect like Christ, but we need to be Christ-like in the way that we lead our wives and our children. Man is incomplete without woman, and woman is incomplete without man. By the way, this is why homosexuality doesn't work. God, God didn't create it to be two men or two women. Can I get an amen to that? And it's amazing to me because they even know that in the homosexual community because often one of them will take on the part of the other, of the other uh, gender. We can't even talk about genders anymore, can we? But take that part because they recognize God created us male and female to be one flesh. Amen? And we're joined together. The word we'll talk about in a minute, when you're joined together as one flesh, it literally means to be welded together. If you weld something together and you take it apart, it always comes off way worse than it was before it was welded together. Can I get an amen to that? Both sides get hurt, and it's never God's highest. So we're called, men are called to be the head of the family. Now let me just say this, ladies, can I encourage you? If he won't lead, don't try to take his place. 
encourage him to take his. Can I get an amen to that? Too often you see it, a man will sit back and he just won't do it. This isn't just a word for women to submit. This is a, a, a heralding for men to lead. Do we need more men to lead in their families today? You know why we're in such a mess? we got a lot of men who have babies with women that they never even get married to. They never lead them. Kids are raised without fathers. And we need godly fathers raising godly kids. And we need godly fathers to be a Christ-like example so that my daughter can look at me and say, that's the kind of man I want to marry someday. And that's the way it should be. And our boys should be able to look at their dad and say, that's the kind of man I want to be when I grow up. And guys, that only happens when we submit to the Lord, when we reflect Jesus, because guys, in our own strength, without him, we can do nothing, but we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So here's the exhortation. Men, lead. Jesus is the groom, he's the head, and the church is the bride submitted to him. Perhaps you as a wife don't want someone to lead you. Then here's here's what you need to do. Don't get married. Amen? Don't get married. This is part of marriage. Submit. And, and, man, and men, you might not want a, a woman you want to have to provide for and a family you want to provide for and care for and protect and lay down your life for. And if you don't want to do that, don't get married. Don't marry a woman if you're not willing to protect her, love her, serve her, and lay down your life for her. You know, again, I know we live in an expensive area and a lot of times the wife has to work and I get it. I get it. I'm not, but I will work, me personally, I will work five jobs before I make my wife work. Especially when my kids are young. Why? Because I think that being a mom is a high calling. Can I get an amen to that? Now, again, everybody's circumstances are different, but we should have that heart. Now, my, wife, my kids are all grown. My wife works at a school. She loves working there, and that's totally fine. But again, I should be the one that carries the weight in my house. Amen? And my wife comes alongside me. We do carry it together. But that burden should come first and foremost on me, not on my wife. She's called the weaker vessel. She's not less. But she is the weaker vessel, and it's okay. And I'm glad that she's, I don't want, a, I don't want a, a, a wife that can bench press what I can. I'm not interested. Amen? I, I like that my wife is soft and a woman. Thank you, Jesus. Can I get an amen? It's a good thing. That's what we should want. So we're one body, and the husband is to be the head, and the wife should not, not act independent of him, before him, or after him. You know, your wife shouldn't be behind you, in front of you, but beside you. Amen? You're walking together in your, in your worship and service of the Lord. We see this passage, again, for wife's submission is part of her obedience to the Lord. It's appropriate. It was the order of creation. God created man first. And it's appropriate because of the model and the relationship between Christ and the church. The principle of submission presented in many different ways in the New Testament. Jesus was God and he submitted to his parents. Didn't he? As a child, amen? Except when he went to the temple and told him about my father's business. Can I get an amen to that? Uh, The demons submit to the disciples. The universe submits to Jesus. Over and over and over, the church should submit to Jesus. So submission is, and the heart of submission, is a mark of a godly woman. Both husband and wife are called to die to self. Submission is the way the wife does it. Both husband and wife are called to sacrifice. So submission is the way the wife does it. Both the husband and wife are called to see their marriage as a model of Jesus' relationship to the church. Submission is the way the wife does it. Both the husband and wife are called to honor the order of creation. Submission is the way the wife fulfills her place in that order. And both husband and wife are called to be motivated by the love and the command of Jesus. And submission is the way the wife does it. 
Now you think you're out of the woods here. Let's read verse 24. Therefore, just as Christ is subject to Christ, so let their wives be to their own husbands in, what's the last word there? Well, I submit to my husband over here. But when it comes to this, he's an idiot. So I'm going to go my own way. And the reality is, that's not submission. Partial submission is not submission. Amen? Partial obedience is disobedience. Can I get an amen to that? Now again, if, if the wife is better uh, with the finances than the husband, and the husband says, hey babe, can you do that? For- I'd love for you to do that. Let him. Let her. That's fine. Praise the Lord. You're on the same page. If the husband's not as good as you are at the finances, but he wants to do it, and he's the head of the home, just encourage him and ask him how you can help. Unless he instructs her, now, you submit to him in everything, there is an exception. Unless he instructs you to do something that is clearly contrary to the word of God. Amen? If your husband wants you to sit down and, I don't know, something radical, do drugs with him, no! Your husband wants you to, to look at some, watch something that's inappropriate, no! Guys, You submit to your husband, but when your husband asks you to do something contrary to the word of God, then you can tell him lovingly, I'm submitted to the Lord, I'm submitted to you, but not when you ask me to do something that's contrary to what the word of God clearly says. Now make sure it's actually in the word and not just in your mind. Can I get an amen to that? Okay, ladies went first. By the way, it's the same way in our government. We submit to the government until the outlaw prayer, then we pray anyway. Amen? We submit to the government until they tell us we can't bring Bibles to school. When I was a youth pastor for 15 years, they said we told, they told us we couldn't bring Bibles to school. I would give every kid in the youth group a Bible and say, everybody take one tomorrow. And if you get in trouble, I'll talk to your parents. Can I get an amen to that? You know, we obey the law we commit until they tell us to contradict the word of God. So bringing heaven home by having a heart of worship and thanksgiving, by having a heart of submission, now by having a heart of love. And now we're going to talk to the husbands, Okay. And you cannot leave and go to the bathroom. Stay, all right? You stay for the rest of the message. You're watching on live stream. Don't change the channel. Amen? So bringing heaven home, first through a wife's heart of submission, but through a husband's heart of love. Let me say this. When I, in 30 plus years as a pastor, I've probably done marriage counseling with, I don't know, 500 couples. I don't know what the number is, but it's a ridiculous number. And the Bible says, we're going to get to it, Husbands, see that you love your wives, and wives, see that you respect your husband. And you know what's amazing in most counseling that I do? Wives feel unloved, and husbands feel disrespected. And the word of God is very clear. So husbands, love your wives, and wives, see that you respect your husband. And by the way, when there's a problem in your marriage, it's not a marriage problem, it's a lordship problem. Because when you put Jesus Christ first, when you both put Jesus Christ first, you will act according to what the word of God commands. And when I'm doing pre-marriage counseling, the first thing I want to hear is your testimony. I want to know where you are spiritually. Because guys, if you don't have Jesus Christ as Lord, your marriage is a disaster waiting to happen. And if your marriage is a mess right now, then the Lord needs to be first. Some people in this room, I know many, are married to an unbeliever right now. And we stay and pray. Can I get an amen to that? Stay and pray. I, I, I can't wait to meet some of your spouses, those of you who come here by yourself. But you know what? You can still hold on to your half of this. 
Do what God's called you. If you're a wife with an unsafe husband, you submit to him until he asks you to do something contrary to the word of God. And husbands, if you've got a wife that doesn't know the Lord, you lead her, love her, serve her, and lay down your life for her. Can I get an amen to that? Represent Christ in your marriage. So it says there in verse 25, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. No husband is entitled to say that he is the head of his home if he does not love his wife. Can I get an amen to that? If you're not loving her, you're outside of God's will. And I don't mean saying you love her. I mean showing her that you love her. The word there for love, I'll give you one guess. What is it in Greek, you think? It's agape. It is a selfless love that loves someone outside of yourself more than you love yourself. Inside my parents' wedding rings, you know, my dad went to heaven a couple years ago. My mom is in hospice, pray for her. But inside their wedding rings, it says each for the other and both for God. See, when I love the Lord more than anything else, then I'm going to love my wife in a supernatural way. Amen? And that's what the body of Christ should be like, and a husband needs to love his wife. And again, what kind of love is agape? It's a love that gives and serves and sacrifices. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit in Galatians 5. And the fruit of the Holy Spirit is agape. It's a love that never changes. It is a self-giving love that gives without demanding or expecting anything in return. It is a love so great that it can be given to even the unlovable and the unappealing. It is a love that loves even when it is rejected. Agape love gives, it loves because it wants to. It does not demand or expect repayment from the love given. It gives because it loves. It does not love in order to receive. When we give from agape love, we expect nothing in return. When we give from agape love, it's unchanging, it's unwavering, it's not negotiable. I'm never going to stop doing it. That's what agape love is. And agape love is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And that's why you're not to be unequally yoked together with an unbeliever, because only believers can have agape love. Amen? So husbands, agape your wives, just as Christ agape the church. The text is saying more than be kind to your wife. Be nice to your wife. It's saying husbands continually practice self-denial for the sake of your wife. Some years back up in Santa Cruz, uh, Pastor Rob McCoy uh, came and did our, our Valentine's dinner. And he gave me the title to the message that he was going to share with our church. And the title of the message was, Someone's Gotta Die. And I'm like, bro, it's a Valentine's banquet, dude. What are you doing, man? But you know what it was a great message? Because in every marriage, in every situation, we got to die to ourselves, don't we? Amen? we got to die to my will and my want. It's not about me. Every decision I make first is in light of who the Lord is in my life. And then next behind that is how is that going to impact my wife? Notice it says there, just as Christ also loved the church. Jesus' attitude toward the church is a pattern for Christian husbands' love for your wife. A loveless marriage does not please God. Amen? Now, if you've gotten to that place through some choices that have been made in the past, pray that God will restore it. Can I get an amen to that? You can, God can, can do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. Agape love is giving to the undeserving. It's love given first, love that may be rejected but still loves, and Jesus' actions toward the church is that example. He gave himself for us before we were ever born. He gave himself for a church that was sinful and wicked and perverse above all things. Amen? And so we are to give to our, our wives as Christ gave to us. And guess what? 
That's beyond what we can even describe. Can I get an amen to that? Can I get an amen to that? Guys. Amen? He gave himself for her. The Bible says, Let this mind also be in you which was in Christ Jesus, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of man, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even to the death on the cross. Adam parted with the bone that his wife might be created, and Jesus shed blood from his side that the church might be birthed. Can I get an amen to that? So a picture of Christ in the church, and praise God for it. Jesus died that his bride could be his bride, and as, as men, we need to die to ourselves. Contrast worldly headship and godly headship. Worldly headship says, I'm your head, so take your orders from me and do whatever I want. Godly head shit is, I'm your head, so I must care for you and serve you faithfully. Worldly, head, worldly submission is, you must submit to me, so here are the things I want you to do for me. Godly submission is, you must submit to me, so I'm accountable before God for you. I must care for you, and I must serve you. You know, I have a, my dad said this to me. I get tired when I think about it. I'm, my wife's getting ready to come down the aisle. My dad leans over. And he says, it sounds so simple. He says, son, court your wife all your life. Don't ever stop courting her. I've never forgotten that. And court your wife all your life. Think about how far you went to spend time with your now wife before you were married. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? You didn't take her to Burger King on a date. Can I get an amen? You went out of your way to make sure she knew. You would lose sleep. You'd get up early. You'd be on the phone talking to her all night. Now you get home from work and you don't even want to talk. So we need to love our wives as Christ loves the church. And we need to court our wife all our life. You know what? When I was courting my wife, I would leave flowers on her car at work. I'd go out of my way and put flowers on her windshield. Uh, This is before there was texting. So I'd leave notes on her windshield. I would just let her know I was thinking about her. And now I'll text my wife in the middle of the day. I'd say, hey, babe, I'm just thinking about you and I love you. I call her pretty girl. Hey, pretty girl, I just want you to know I'm thinking about you. And you know, we ought to love them, amen? We need to love them. Wives, do you want to be loved? Do you want to know how much your husband loves you? And you know what? They need to hear it every day. Can I get an amen to that? Christ loves us. His word tells us. And it's the way we need to be. Notice what it says, though. Here's part of what loving her means, though. What does it mean? It means to quarter all your life. It does. But look what it says. That he might sanctify her and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the what? The number one place your wife should learn about Jesus is from you. Amen? The Bible says the husband is called to be the spiritual leader in his household. So he needs to be the one who opens up the word of God, who prays with his wife, who is the spiritual leader in his home. How many of us, including me, have fallen short in that area? Can I get an amen, guys? Can we do a better job of that? Amen? But we need to lead by example. We need to lead by our behavior. But you know what? When we're going through difficulty, it should be the husband who opens up the Bible and says, you know what, babe? Let's take a look at this together. Let's, let's talk about this. 
We're going through difficulty with one of our kids. Let's read what the Bible has to say. Let's, let's get on our knees together and pray for our children or pray for our marriage or pray for whatever these decisions that we have to make. And I want to say this. I often say this, that your wife is a reflection of how you're doing and leading her spiritually. Now, sometimes, you know, please don't take this wrong. Every once in a while, you've got a woman that no matter how much her husband loves and serves her and cares for her, you know, the Bible says it's better to dwell on a rooftop than a house with a contentious woman. Can I get an amen to that? It's in Proverbs. But the reality is, most of the time, when a husband is loving, leading, and serving her, and is the one who is pouring the word of God into her, she blossoms. Can I get an amen to that? I had a pa- I re- I, Pastor Chuck said, when somebody really loves his wife, she even gets more beautiful than she already is. When he loves her and leads her and opens up the word of God and teaches her, I'm not married to your wife, you are. She shouldn't get all her Bible teaching from me. Can I get an amen to that? Amen? Now, this should be gravy. Amen? This should be, we're, we're called to be here, but if this is the only... This is not enough. Amen? I encourage you. Be a faithful leader in teaching the word of God in your home. And, and when you have children, you need to do, it, do the same with your kids as well. As spiritual leaders in our homes, we are to both teach God's word to our families and exemplify it in our behavior. Don't say one thing and then live another way. I'm not saying you're going to be sinless because you're not. And your wife and your spouse and your kids are going to know you better than anybody else. But your, our kids should recognize that that's an exception to the rule, not the rule of how we behave. Amen? They should be able to see in us, that's what a godly man, that's what a godly father, that's what a godly husband looks like. May we be that example. Notice what it says here in verse 27. That he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Through what Jesus gave for us, we've become a pure and holy bride in anticipation of our wedding day. But again, as the church is his bride, um, how should we be feeling? Well, we feel exactly as a woman would who becomes engaged um, to be married feels. We should be looking forward to the day and longing for the day when he's going to come for us and we get to go home and be with him forevermore. Can I get an amen? But my prayer for us is, it just says we are to sanctify the home, and just as the Lord died for us as men, we should be willing to die for our wives. Here's some applications for us as the spiritual leaders in our home and husbands loving their wives. Look at verse 28. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies, and he who loves his wife loves himself. It's been said, happy wife, happy life, and I, get an, I say amen to that. And you know what makes my wife happy? It's not stuff. I love to bless my wife with gifts. I don't need anything. And I love to bless her. I love to surprise her. It's just kind of how I'm built. And uh, almost anything I buy her is going to be a surprise. It's just how I, I just like to do it. I think it's fun. But that being said, the thing that she loves the most is when I come home and I'm tired from work and I can see she's tired and I often to go barbecue and make dinner so she doesn't have to. Or she's going to take the dog for a walk in the rain, and I just got home from work, and I say, let me go with you. You know, she just wants me to be with her. She just wants me to make sure that she's the, pro- the top priority in my life. And by the way, leave and cleave is in the Bible. Can I get an amen to that? Your mom and dad are now secondary in your life the day you get married. Can I get an amen to that? And don't run to your mom and dad and ask, and ask well, my husband, my wife, don't do that. Can I get an Amen. 
My daughter's been married 12 years, and she's married to a, a, a pastor, Calvary Chapel pastor, as most of you guys know. And uh, she called me when they'd been married about six months. She wasn't complaining, but she was asking me something like, hey, Dad, what do you think? And I said, did you talk to Kevin? Well, no. I said, talk to him, and then if the two of you want my advice, call me back. Amen? We don't run to the world. Let's run to each other first. Can I get an amen to that? Don't seek counsel, women, from another man, from your husband. Can I get an amen to that? Husbands, same thing. You don't have friendships with other women. It's your wife. And by the way, she comes before the kids. Amen? Amen? That's a hard one. Oh, but I, I love my children. I get it. I love my children. I would die for my children. If, it, if it, I have to pick between my kids and my wife, game over. Amen? There was a brief amount of time where my mom and dad said something about, about and my, my parents never did this, two of the most godly people I ever met, but they made me pick between my, my wife's side and their side, and I made it really clear to my parents, Dad, you don't want me to make that choice, right? You read the Bible, right, Dad? Pastor, Pastor Johnny, you read the Bible, right? I pick my wife every time. I side with my wife. My wife's not always right, but I'm always on her side. Can I get an amen to that? Always. And so that's the exhortation here, is that uh, the application for us as husbands is to love our wives as our own body. Now, let me say this. It doesn't mean love your wife as much as you love your body. Love your wife because she is your body. She is my body. She's part of me. She's precious to me. If you were to take my wife away from me, it'd be like, cut me in half. If I would feel like half a man if I lost my wife, because she's so prepped. In three weeks, we'll have been married 35 years. And I'm so thankful for my wife. Love your wife, because this is what love is. It says in Ephesians 5. Secondly, you should love your wife this way, because the relationship between a husband and wife is the pattern, again, of Christ in the church. And then finally, the Christian husband must love his wife this way because you are one with her, just as Jesus is one with the church. Again, not as much as your own body, but because she is your body. As Eve was a part of Adam taken from his side and near and dear to his heart, again, he who loves his wife loves himself. When you neglect yourself, it will come back to harm you both. Can I get an amen to that? If you neglect your marriage, by the way, I don't have any female friends. And what I mean by that is, I have family that I know their spouses, and, we, and, and, and I'll counsel with people. But I, you know, when, when people at work, if a woman at work says, hey, I'm going across the street to get a sandwich, I'm not going. Amen? When my boss and I ride, when I had a female boss, we had to ride a sales call, we rode in different cars. You know what? I honor my wife even when she's not around. Can I get an amen to that? You shouldn't talk to a woman in any way you wouldn't talk to without your wife standing next to you and Jesus Christ watching you because he is. Can I get an amen? And, and you shouldn't be looking at anything that displays a woman uh, that's dressed in a way that causes you to be aroused because that arousal should only be in your marriage. Can I get an amen? Guys, the world wants to draw you away. What's happening in the Ephesian church, and he's commanding them to have a marriage that honors the Lord. Look what it says in verse 29. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. The word nourish means to nourish up to maturity, to bring up. The word cherish means to keep warm, uh, uh, to cherish with tender love, to foster with tender care. These are great words. This is how a man ought to care for his wife. She's a part of you. Care for her. 
I said it earlier that anything you talk, anytime you talk about your wife, it should be, a, should be praise. Our, my pastor in San Jose would, gave an edict to all the assistant pastors, and here's what he said. Don't ever undress your wife in front of the church. And what he meant by that is, if you use your wife as an illustration, it's always praise. You never bring her down. Can I get an amen to that? Never. My wife's not perfect. I'm not perfect. But when you hear me talk about my wife, I'm going to be praising her. Can I get an amen to that? And that's what we should do as men. I shared this with you. I had two coworkers, and this is a while back, and they would rip on each other's wives all day long. Your wife is this, and your wife is that, and your wife is this, and your wife is that. And they'd be ripping on each other. And I was sitting there one day, and my wife came in, my kids, and I introduced them. And two days later, one of them started to say, and your wife, I said, finish that sentence, and you're going to the dentist. <laughs> Dude, that's not okay. Nobody talks about my wife like that. It's not, you don't even joke about my wife like that. You're going to see another side of Pastor Dave. Well, I'm going to have to repent later. Well, I'm going to get after you in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen? And you should stand for her and, and, and bless her and care for her and love her unconditionally. And you should be her biggest champion. Can I get an amen? And wives, you should be the same way for your husband. You should be a source of encouragement for him. Last few verses. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become flesh. Again, on the day of your wedding, I tell people when they get married, especially young people, who a lot of them were just coming from their home, your relationship, again, with everyone else just changed, she comes before your mom. Amen? She comes before your, before your dad. That's it. She's first. She's it. This is the priority. I tell people, this is now my immediate family, me and my wife. Me and my wife and my children. This is my, I love my parents. Man, I love my parents. I'm so thankful for my parents. But this is my immediate family. They come first. They come after. Can I get an amen? I still want to honor my parents, but again, not above my wife. Same intimacy and love in the ideal husband-wife share is available to us as the bride of Christ. And it says this, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. We're to leave all other earthly relationships behind, and we're to have a relationship like the Lord has with us. What did Jesus do so we could have a relationship with him? He left heaven. Amen? He left the presence of his heavenly father. He came and lived a life down here where he suffered. He knew, he knew temptation and yet without sin. He endured all things that we've endured. And he knew what it was like to feel hungry. He knew what it was like to feel pain. And he did all of it because he loves you. Amen? How you determine the value of something, what someone's willing to pay. And this is what Christ paid for us. He suffered and died that we might have eternal life. He said, guys, that's the example of how a husband ought to be towards his wife. Now, guys, ladies, this description here, wouldn't that be an easy man to submit to if he was doing all these things? Can I get an amen? Because it's easy to submit to the Lord because that's what he does for us. Husbands love your wives. Notice what it says, last verse. Nevertheless... Let each one of you in particular have his own wife as himself. Your own wife. Your own wife. Not someone else's wife. Can I get an amen? Your own wife. Don't be inappropriate with someone else's wife. Be faithful to your own wife. Can I get an amen? And treat her. You know what? The greatest compliment, my wife's got more confidence in me than I do. But she said one day, someone was saying something about, do you ever worry about? And she said, you know what? You can put my husband on a desert island for 10 years with 100 
uh, supermodels, and he's not cheating on me. And I'm like, you know what, babe, that's true. Because you know what, my, in my eyes, my wife is the most beautiful woman on this planet. And I mean that with my whole heart. I can't believe, I, I, I'll kick my coverage, thank you, Jesus. Can I get an amen to that? And she's beautiful, and I love everything about her. And why in the world would I want to tear myself away from the one that I'm one flesh with, the mother to my children, the wife of my youth, the one who I love so much I can hardly stand it? Why would I want to tear away from that? The enemy will tempt you. But you know what? If your eyes are only for your spouse, you're not even going to notice. Can I get an amen to that? Make a covenant with your eyes. Love your own wife. And let the wife see... What does it say that she what? Respects her husband. There's that verse. Women want to be loved and men want to be respected. Can I get an amen to that? If, if my wife and I ever have a disagreement, it's because I don't show her love enough and I, or maybe if I feel disrespected sometimes. Amen? And, and men want to be respected because men are called to work hard and men are called to be the spiritual leader. Men are called to be the head of their home. And all we really want from my wife is to say, babe, I'm with you and you know, I appreciate you. That's it. If we get that, man, we'll, we'll run another 10 miles. Can I get an amen? And that's what the, Lord, the word of God so clearly says. Respect, the word there is reverence and honor. You know, husbands, love your wife. Don't be a harsh dictator. But in, in so doing, blessing yourself, don't do that. Bless her. Marriage counseling, again, the wife feels unloved and the husband feels disrespected. Husband, love your wives. Wives, respect your husband. And it's amazing how easily it is for wife again, who is sacrificially loved by her husband for her to respect him. You know what, men? You want to be respected? Be a respectable man. Can I get an amen to that? Live a life in such a way that is worthy of respect. And you know what? And love your wife, even if she's not acting like she's worthy of love. You love her anyway. That's what agape is. Can I get an amen? So, in closing, bringing heaven home by having a heart of worship and thanksgiving. A spirit-filled home will have a heart of worship, a heart of gratitude and thank, uh, thankfulness. By having a heart of submission, be, be submitted to God's divine order. Wives, submit to your own husbands as unto the Lord. We saw the reasons for submission. The husband is the head of the wife. Again, accountable to love and provide and protect and lead you spiritually. And marriage is a picture of Christ in the church. But not only a heart of submission in your home, but a heart of love. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave for her. Agape loves and gives and serves and sacrifices without expecting anything in return. Here's what I hear often. I heard it just this week. I got a phone call from a customer. And he's ready to leave his wife and be done with it. And he's like, she just doesn't show me enough love and respect. I go, bro, nowhere in the Bible does it say that when you got married, that it was conditional upon her treating you right. You know what you're called to do? You're called to lead, to love, to serve, and to lay down your life for her. And when you do that, she may, she may choose to love you back. But even if she doesn't, you keep doing it anyway. Can I get an amen to that? We're one flesh. We're welded together. The enemy wants to break us apart and break us into pieces and bring destruction to both sides. God's highest is each for the other, both for God. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. And wives, see that you respect your husbands. Amen? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the practicality of, of this chapter. Help us, Lord, to love and serve and honor you above all else. Help us, Lord, to fall in love with you and make you the priority and passion of our lives. And in so doing, 
I pray for us as husbands that we would love our wives the way you love us. And then wives, I pray that they would submit to their husbands as unto the Lord, recognizing that you're the one that called him to lead their family spiritually. Lord, I pray for every marriage here today. You would bless it. I pray for those who are married to unbelievers. We pray for their spouses, that they would come to know you. We pray for those whose marriages are going through a difficult time right now. We pray for restoration. We know, God, that you're greater than any circumstance. Lord, bring them back to their first love for you and their love for each other. And Lord, we know ultimately when there's marriage problems, it's a spiritual problem. It's a lordship problem. So help us make you the Lord of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, let's stand and worship. Um.